Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast where we have games and it has been a year. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beige. Oh boy, it's been a year. It has for both of us. It's been a long one. Um, today we're talking about our games of the year for 2018 and always right up front. I like to say it's our games of the year from this year. So it's not necessarily things that came out this year. It's things that we each experienced this year. So I think yep. some of that crops up on both of our top five lists, if I'm thinking right. I think so. Yeah. Looking back at them. Yeah, definitely there are. Okay. Yep, so that's always a piece of it, but we're excited to do this one. This is always fun to start wrapping up the year and talk about games for a while. Yeah, this year's been kind of weird on games for me. Looking at them, it's been uh, going back through. I couldn't remember very many of the games that I played, and then when I saw what I'd actually gone through and, and done, I was like, oh yeah, I played like a lot of video games this year they may not might not have been a lot of titles but i played a lot of games over the course of the over the course of the year that's not a bad thing it's never a bad thing in my book but i mean you know that this is like my primary hobby outside of work because (laughs) uh, there's so many other i mean we have our best of the rest episode i always like talking about that stuff too but like this is what keeps my brain engaged when I'm not at work. You know how like when your brain's exhausted from work, you like to do something else that actually like exhausts your brain in a different way. Like that's what uh-huh. I like games. Um, so it, it's not surprising. Just like last year, I have my honorable mention list subdivided by category because I play a lot of games. So I think we should probably have you go first with your honorable mentions. Okay, so I'm actually going to start with my Jennifer honorable mentions because I've watched her play a lot of games. Like this year, I watched her play uh, quite a few games every year. And I know that later on in the episode, you have some recordings of of your family's uh, best games of the year. And Jennifer has been and Jennifer's been out over the last couple of nights when I got yours uh, late last night and then today Jennifer hasn't been home for me to even get one from her so I'm just gonna kind of wing it because I know what they are um earlier this year Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze came out on the Wii U or not my goodness it was already on the Wii U um it was came out on the Switch and even though we had played it on the Wii U before the Switch version has the Funky Kong uh, mode in it where it just kind of eases some of those frustrations about collection and moving into different areas and it's awesome i watched her play so much of this game um and i played a bit of it because there were times where i just wanted to do a level or she wanted to show me something and wanted me to experience it because it was cool and it's a magnificent port like this is a great game uh, if you've never played one of the donkey kong country like re i don't want to say remakes the the sequels that have been modernized their tropical freeze is just just fantastic um, I watched her play pretty much all of Lego The Incredibles, and I am so impressed by this game that I've been kind of disappointed with the last few Lego games I've played. Like, Lego Marvel Super Heroes is wonderful, and the ones I'd played that came before that are great. Just haven't been a big fan of, like, Marvel Super Heroes 2 or The Avengers. I just I just could not get into to those, and... This one's great. Like they they were back to form on this one. So I'm really looking forward to like DC Super Villains and uh I can't remember if there's another one that I missed between that, but Lego Incredibles was great. They just don't have enough DLC. Like they haven't released DLC levels yet. Just a little bit of uh minifig packs of of character packs of the pars on vacation. So it's like I want more Incredibles levels to watch her play through uh so like she had that day one because of the incredibles fan that she is um most of what she played this year is actually a mobile game uh called toon blast and i laugh even whenever is that? I- like i saw that on here and I, I i have no context for what this game is 
Okay, it is just one of those matching puzzle games where you get different colored things. You match multiple multiple color uh, yeah. multiple pieces of the same color. You get an item like a bomb; it blows up others. More fall from the sky uh, puzzle games, and there there are different ways you have to blow up special kinds of blocks in the in the level. It's just one of those. But she saw an ad on YouTube with Ryan Reynolds in it talking about Toon Blast, and she was like, "This is." It was actually a funny ad. First of all, I actually haven't gone back and watched it. She was like, it's a funny ad. They paid enough money to get Ryan Reynolds to do a series of advertisements for their mobile app puzzle game. I'm going to download it and see what it is. Ryan Reynolds says it's okay, and she laughed when she <laughs> said it. She really didn't think that Ryan Reynolds was sitting there playing Toon Blast. Uh, but turns out like she is very into this game. Like Apparently, it's very well made because she's close to level 1,000 on Toon Blast. And she's the kind of person that will play one of these games, burn out between two and three, four hundred ish levels and that's over the course of months there she's like i'm done with this now she'll open it on her phone and play it occasionally this one has been an everyday thing that she's played it and she's on like level a thousand and has never spent a dime on it wow she is proud that she has never paid one time in that game and i keep trying to get her to because you and i have talked about that you know we like to support the developers and all yeah, of this like when that you we'll get give that them something out of a game it, it feels like for you and i anyway because we like we do gaming all the time like yeah. when we get that much enjoyment out of a game we try to give the developer money even if we don't need to like i feel like that's kind of my approach to a lot of mobile gaming these days yeah, it really is, because I'm like, you, you're giving me quite a bit for this. And it's like, yeah, I'll help myself out, and I will go and uh, give you a little bit of money so you can, you know, pay, feed your family. And But she, it's a point of pride for her. She's like, it would destroy who I am on the inside to pay for a game. And uh, it's just she hasn't done it. Like, she doesn't believe that. That's so but funny. It, it's, but she's like, I will not pay. I want to see how far I can get and not pay. Um, but it's just like, and every time. When she makes these noises, and it's always so funny to me. Like she started out, uh, whenever she beat a level, it gives you this big like uh, like the crest or, or splash screen that, that just says Tune Blast on it because you Tune Blasted to win. <laughs> okay, and she just from the other room, I just hear Tune Blast in this real country accent that she's exaggerated, and uh, so occasionally we'll just do that to each other and uh, just yell Tune Blast at the other because I mean. A thousand levels of it, you see Toon Blast a lot. Um, but it's really strange because it is an interesting puzzle game. I've watched her do it, and I've sat there beside her as she's played it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I see how this works. You can do this. And she's like, don't touch my screen. And it's like, <laughs> but I know I'm not going to download it. Like, I've seen how she gets to it, and if somebody like her will get addicted to it and really play this that much, I'm not going to invest in it. Like, there's no way. I know how I am. And so I'm really glad that one of these games, as simple as it is, is, is really engaging her because the puzzles are legitimately hard and challenging, and it has to be to keep her attention. That if the puzzles get to the point where they're not fun and they're too hard without any uh, any kind of progress, she won't play it. This one apparently balances that because it's kept her for over 900 levels, and she's closing in on 1,000, like I said. Yeah, that's impressive. And then just this weekend, um, I think the Smash Brothers episode that we recorded aired last week as people are listening to this, right? Probably. We've been recording twice a week for like three weeks now, so I, I think that's right. That sounds right. Okay, so last week you guys listened to us talk about Smash Brothers, and you listened to Void telling me that I've been playing Smash Brothers wrong for 20 years. So well, I went for this the weekend. way that you wanted to what you were trying to get out of it. 
I think you're right, playing it that's... wrong. You're not playing wrong if you play that way. It's just that like some people like that version and other people like the more like fighting game, like pare it down, get down to the basics and the core of it. Well, I I went that night and I played it that way. Okay. And I liked it on the Omega levels fine. I still wish that I had uh, more varied move sets and I enjoyed it. I well I enjoyed it a lot more than the four player chaos of everything. Like I will grant it that I could see myself playing that especially with friends. If I had it, I would totally be all in on that but this weekend the reason i bring it up here is because jennifer had seen me play it she was like i want to play a video game with you you want to play smash brothers people are talking about that and i'm like yeah i've got the wii u version we hooked it up she hated the just me and her one-on-one with no items she thought it was boring <laughs> okay that you press the same few buttons this all the characters she said like do the same do the uh you don't have anything to know it's like i'm just feeling like i'm just mashing buttons because i'm pressing the same ones over and over again for every character i'm like cool so we put it on the multiplayer ones where we had a couple of computers and uh like one item like we had the final smash item and uh, that was it and she liked that one a lot better we continued playing for a little bit and then she was done but like the the part that I didn't like the most, she liked better, and the part that I liked better, she uh, absolutely was like, "I can't play this. This is terrible." So I just thought that was interesting that she actually gave Smash a real shot, and uh, we played it together and did find that it was more enjoyable. Both sides, both parts of it, was better than playing alone. That's super so, interesting. So I wanted to bring that up as an honorable mention because for the first time, I found a moat of enjoyment out of Smash Brothers, and it's because of you. So thank you. Hey, I'll take that um, as a win. So, you know, that was what Jennifer really did this year. Those are the main ones that she did and she really liked. Um, and I watched them by, uh, by you know, default, proxy. I guess. By, by proxy. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, she also played King's Quest on the uh, PC. The, oh, the yeah, I new. remember you talking about that one. And uh, that one's great. Like She's about to get back into it. Uh, as the holidays come, on her holiday break, she likes to play video games. So just as an honorable mention from earlier in the year when she was playing this uh, uh, with Christopher, uh, not Christopher Walken, Christopher Lloyd as, as a main narrator, uh, which and it's just hilarious, I look forward to getting into that one over the next couple of weeks and seeing more of those episodes play out because they're hilarious and they're really good uh, point-and-click adventures. But for me, the uh, real honorable mentions start with Nino. Kuni 2 like it's uh it's a it's what got me into playing jrpgs again this year and i cannot talk highly enough about this game i still haven't gone back and beat it though like i'm near the end like i'm right at the end and i got to a really uh uh, dull part where I'm blocked by the game and I have to go just wander around cities and collect NPCs to to live in my, my kingdom and I need like 23 of them and I just haven't wanted to go wander around to do that without fighting or progressing the story so I stalled right there but it's just like I have one more place to go and then beat the game um, but it's so good it's an action RPG so if you played Nino Kuni 1 and you didn't necessarily like the Pokemon style uh, pet train it's all gone in this one and it plays more like what what would you say a, a kingdom hearts kind of rip off or how would yeah, you call something the, along uh, those lines i mean it's an action rpg you know it's it's yeah. like truly an action rpg it's not turn-based it's not um yeah i mean action rpg is kind of the realm that it's sitting in yeah where you go into a battle screen but everything within that is moving around and action it's great yeah it looks like you're playing a studio ghibli, ghibli i don't know how to pronounce this word cartoon um how do you say that? I'm not going to help you, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's that one. And because the first one was designed I think by it's them and Studio all- Ghibli. 
Ghibli, I don't know. Uh, Studio Kimmy Gibbler, I, I could have be, no neither idea. Neither of us are like anime people, so we're just we're making people very frustrated yelling at we the podcast. We're going to move right on from now. this. That's going to be great. But regardless, they did the art for the first one, like actually drew it and animated it, and that art style is still carried on into the second one, um, and it's great. Like this game is wonderful, and if you find this on sale, it's on uh, kind of forty to to sixty percent off occasionally on some of the platforms. Pick it up if you care anything at all about JRPGs, because it basically put my rest of the year in focus and gave me some wonderful gaming experiences this year because I played this one and made me remember how much I liked uh, action RPGs and JRPGs in general. That's so cool. So. Out of all the ones, I mean, I've looked at your list. Obviously, we build the show notes together. This is the one I'm surprised didn't actually make it on your top five. Like, I was so sure based on how you talked about this game earlier in the year. So I have to assume this is just barely out of the top five for you. It is barely out of the top five. And the main reason that I didn't is because I have it was one of the very few on here that I have not wanted to go back to because of the point where I'm at. Okay, that's fair. I just need to know like how close it was because I was like, am I really that far off? But okay, if it's no, just this top, was top the five. one that was that was right there. It would probably be number six. It would either be number six or seven, sure. depending uh, where I am in. Uh, well, Dragon Quest 11 made it on the honorable mention. So I'll talk about it. It and Nino Kuni are right neck and neck on the on the uh, on the top five list uh, on for six and seven right there because they're so good in almost every way and uh, Nino Kuni just hit that one point where I just haven't wanted to go back and push through that and that nudged it out of the top five for me because when a game does that I'm like did I play something better that made me want to to really just keep going forever? And uh, I had a couple that did, but it's magnificent, like like absolutely worth every every penny and every second you put into it. Um, and you know, like like I said, I, I talked about Dragon Quest Eleven um, this year. I've actually been playing through Dragon Quest games for the first time. Uh, Dragon Quest Eight was my first one. I got all the way through it this year because my friend Bobby was playing it, and I saw a, a screenshot of it on Twitter from the 3DS. And I was like, "That looks fun. I want to play that." And went out and played it, and played like sixty something hours through it. It's brilliant. Dragon Quest Eight is wonderful, and it is Dragon Quest Eleven is basically a straight successor to it it is i've talked about this in some of the podcasts just before this so i won't go into a lot of detail on this one in particular but it's still just dragon quest it is a straightforward traditional jrpg the battle system doesn't have anything no real pizzazz to it it's just good jrpg story and good jrpg combat um and it is one of the prettiest games. Like Dragon Quest Eleven and Nino Kuni Two are probably the two most beautiful games that I've played this year, uh, hands down. They are just gorgeous. The colors, the the animation. You cannot ask for really a prettier, more aesthetically pleasing game than Dragon Quest Eleven or Nino Kuni Two. Um, so you know, Dragon Quest Eleven, Dragon Quest Eight are hands down places to, for people to get into this series and just the really good games on their own anyway i look really forward also part of the reason that i'm I'm kind of saving dragon quest 11 is because i'm about 17 hours into it and 17 to 20 ish hours into it and i've uh i'm not able at this point to play it for a very long period of time uh before i want to do something else and part of that is because it's so traditional that i've wanted a little bit more uh more interactiveness while i've been playing lately and so when i get into the mood to just sit there and do that 
that, that's what it's for, and that's what it excels at, and it's perfect at that. And so I'm probably going to play it if they do a Switch release of the 3DS version, which is kind of what I'm expecting. Oh, yeah, I can de- um, definitely see that. And Because they said that they were coming out with it. It's going to be a special edition or special version, which I think is just a port of the Japanese one, but they haven't said <laughs> probably, it. Probably, yeah. Um, but but those are the, the honorable mentions of JRPGs. I did play some MMOs this year. Wow, Battle for Azeroth came out this year. Uh, really divisive in the MMO community. Um, I thought it was wonderful that the the expansion was great. Um, and then I got done with it. Just like WoW, I gave myself three months and it took me two. I, I Actually, I played WoW for three months, excuse me, because I did do a subscription uh, of the pre-game of the the pre-expansion stuff and then made it to the two-month period in the game of the expansion and then i was like okay i'm good now and i'll go back whenever some of the content patches are out still magnificent still love the game for what it is but i just can't grind and wow anymore like that's just not my thing um but playing it made me go play Star Wars The Old Republic again. And The Old Republic is a fantastic game these days. They have done a lot in terms of making it feel like more of a Bioware game. The story takes place. The story is forefront in this game now. And they're making it so that you can go through the dungeon solo. They're making it so that everything can be done playing it as a single player game if you want to. And I think that's great. I actually think I might still have a subscription that's active to it i should probably check on that (laughs) you Um, should probably check on that yes (laughs) i probably should like writing that out i'm like i wonder if that's still coming out uh because it's good and i could log in and play it but i i I don't have it installed on my new computer which is why i don't know if i have one or not (laughs) Uh, i haven't seen it and just been like oh i need to check and see um Oh, I have that done. I don't know. Uh, but writing that down, it's still great, though. The new expansion came out maybe a few weeks ago. They they went back from the the standalone stories that they've been telling about the Eternal Empire and a new uh, new bit of lore that they created and are pulling it back into the Jedi now. And I haven't seen any reviews about the story or whatever, but I'm excited to actually play through that because it should be should be pretty fun. Then speaking of Star Wars, like what got me into playing The Old Republic was... Uh, wow on the mmo front and then my friends wanted me to play the star wars edge of the empire rpg with them like tabletop rpg and uh we ended up my trip to spain in september ended up pushing me pushing our schedule off and we haven't been able to get back together for it oh no hopefully you can soon i hope we can and i really do and austin the one who wanted to get us uh get us playing it is actually up here for the next month so i'm hoping that me him and barry the uh, the three of us who are playing it can actually get together in person now because he lives in florida uh west palm beach florida so we were having to do it online and we're finally all within an hour of one another so and he's up here for a month so i'm crossing my fingers that we can probably get together and do some of that that's awesome Um, but it's really good. Like it's great. I, I, there, we talked a lot about it on on an episode a while back. But again, if you want to play a Star Wars tabletop RPG and not have to deal with nearly as many issues that's come up with D and D in terms of math and uh, and complexities and rule whipping, uh, the Edge of the Empire RPG may be for you because it's based around storytelling more than anything else, uh, which is what we love about it. And then that got me playing the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes 
mobile game, which you still play occasionally, you said, right? Um, the, uh, I go through periods of playing it. I haven't lately, but there was a time earlier this year where I played it pretty solidly for like a month or two, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's about what I did for it, too. It got me playing that uh, one of those 5v5 arena games or maybe idle RPG. Like, I don't actually know what 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 genre it actually is. It's not really an arena um, game because that's more like League of Legends type of, you know, Dota. Yeah. That's like arena. This is... It's kind of, yeah, like 5v5 kind of turn-based RPG type of thing. And it's really fun. Like, I really like the game, but after about two months, I kind of fell off of it and started playing Marvel Strike Force, which is the same game, but with Marvel comic characters. And I've been going for, I'm going in on three months of daily logins on this one. So it's fantastic like it's prettier than the star wars one and that doesn't have a lot to do with it but the the game just has a more slick smooth feel to it and as much as i love the star wars or as much as i love marvel anyway being able to play as miles morales now uh is what i'm working on getting and playing with the avengers and i've got the defenders and when i was watching iron fist uh earlier this year i was able to recruit iron fist and send my wife a picture and just say i'm the immortal iron fist and uh like make her because that was what she heard every time she walked into the room while I was watching the show. So, like, I'm still playing this. Like, I was playing it five minutes before we started uh, recording this because uh, my energy had refilled. And it's one of those where I spent just a little bit of money on it because I like it and uh, I don't feel bad about it. And I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it. But that is probably the, the number one mobile game that I'm playing right now just with just with it doing, you know, being there for me to idly make sure that everything is going. I've used all of my energy. I'm recruiting my characters, and it's something that I don't feel is a chore like a lot like star wars galaxy of heroes felt like because there aren't nearly as many individual systems that you have to go through and make sure you do every single day this one's just like okay i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing this and like hey okay i finished my daily stuff i'm I'm moving forward i got some cool characters i built them up i'm good now i, I like it because it's it has enough stuff to keep me going but not too much to overwhelm me and make me feel like if if i don't log in that i've lost everything that totally makes sense there's definitely a balance there that when a game gets it right it's like okay this is the right game for me right now yep that's the that's the way this one is where i don't feel any in any way underpowered even if i am underpowered because there's a lot of stuff that you can do at every single level you can do raids what they call raids uh, in an alliance like kind of gauntlet style uh like you move from one battle to another along uh different paths you choose your path and fight different uh themed battles and different bosses and stuff at very low levels to very high levels so it's not something you have to spend months and months to get into that kind of stuff you just spend months and months to get into the higher versions of it that have that are have a bit more variety so but i really like that one and that's really all of my honorable mentions at this point. So, I mean, it sounded more like more than I actually thought it was. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted you to go first because, like I said, I subdivided mine here. Um, right. I'm going to start with one that's a standalone subdivision. Uh, it's an amazing <laughs> achievement. It's an amazing achievement that's not actually very fun. It's Red Dead Redemption 2. I know that's why you're laughing. It is because I read it as you started it. Like, I hadn't actually read that entire sentence. I don't know how I missed the second half of it. And then you said that. I was like, what the? <laughs> it's, but yeah, that's... It's so interesting. And, like, I know I did a whole episode on Red Dead Redemption 2, so I'm not going to belabor the points that I made in that one. You can always go back and listen to it. But it's such an achievement in, like, media and game design and 
it's it's incredible what they did and it's so interesting and the other thing is like you and i kind of tried to get like we we kind of rapid fire like did all the things right for the end of the year um a week or two ago so we could have that geekery episode so that we would be ready yep. for this episode and in that i broke and not really a rule but more of like the habits that i've been in where i only really play one game at a time so during that week when you and i realized that needed to happen like i jumped between so many different games and right after that was out of the way and after like okay our list is done here for this episode we've been sitting on this list it's been mostly locked in for about a week so this last week was the first time where i was like oh i should go back and like pick up all these games i sat down and see which ones i actually want to spend time with and like dig back right. into and a lot of them i found that were like oh yeah i got what i wanted to out of this game i see what it's doing I don't need to play any more of this. Like I'm ready to move on to the next thing. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption two is one that I started playing again. And it's just because it's so interesting that like what they did and the achievement of it and the crazy level of depth and like the storytelling is super interesting. The characters are really well developed and like they just they work. It works so well. It's still not like fun, which is (laughs) it's so weird. And one of the things that I appreciate from this game is how much it made me how much it made me like truly appreciate video gamey video games like uh, okay having assassin's creed yep. odyssey and this back to back was so interesting because assassin's creed leans so far into like the video gameness of it and right i think that i uh, everything seems like it tries to go more and more realistic over time and this is finally the point where i was like oh that's too far you know, like we don't okay, actually yeah. need that. I don't need that. Like I appreciate a video gamey video game that knows what it is and has fun with that fact. And like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one of those. Um, uh, uh, there's a couple others on here. I don't want to spoil my top five, but there's one right at the top that's very much that too. And like this is how I know how much of those mean to me is because I have this to contrast them against. So I appreciate Red Dead Redemption 2 for that fact alone. But at the end of the day, like, it's extremely interesting. It deserves all of the attention it gets. Like, I can totally, if I needed to, I can make the argument for it being game of the year because I know how to build that argument. It's just not how I personally feel. So right. if it shows up at the top of people's list, I totally get it. It's just not, like, for me. But I'm still playing it because I'm getting something out of it. So that right. part deserves to be said for sure. I mean, they if it gets game of the year on someone's list, it means that they enjoy certain kinds of games more than you do. Exactly. That you can appreciate what it is. It's like I can appreciate good anime. Like I know that it exists out there. It's just never going to be the top movie that I watch every year. I can sit, enjoy it, recognize what good it is. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. glad that you guys love it more than I do. No, that's how I feel. That's how I feel about Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, so the next category, these other ones actually have more than one game in them, I promise. So uh, multiplayer games that actually hooked me this year, which is always interesting because I barely ever like multiplayer games. I bounce off of them almost instantly, you know, within like an hour generally if i try one so i have to say fortnite because like the (laughs) amount of times that fortnite kept coming back up in our discussions i I mean i haven't played it in months at this point but the first half of the year like i kept going back to it over and over again and like it hooked me for an entire season in there for a while um it got its claws into me and i really enjoyed the time i had with it so like i have to acknowledge that i don't know how much i'm going to play it in the future or if i'll really go back to it truly ever whereas like Overwatch, you know, that was up on our games of the year list a year or two ago. Um, I still go back to that one. That's still on my yep. evergreen list. And Fortnite hasn't really, like it hasn't really made it into that rotation. But 
I loved it for a season worth of content. So I have to acknowledge that because it was so fun for that time that I was invested. And I can I can completely see why other people are still into that game the way that they are. And I w- actually went back. I was telling you this before uh, before we started recording. I actually went back and installed Fortnite again this week on my new computer. Uh, it was a new season starting um I could play it, you know, in with the way it should be played, where I'm not worrying about any kind of, any kind of uh, system lag, any kind of performance issues, and it's fine. It's still the same game for me. It's like I gave it a real shot again. I was like, I'm going in with a, you know, let's let me actually do this, and it's fine. And I'm, I'm not still not sure why it went as people went as nuts for it as they did, but it's good. I'm glad that people like it. I just don't understand the phenomenon still. It's funny because like I'm in that perfect middle ground where I can see your point and I totally know why you got there. And I can see how the people who are still obsessed with it and only play that game and are only ever going to play that game are in that camp too. Like I'm right in the middle somewhere, which is odd. But yeah, I have to acknowledge right. Fortnite. Um, another one for multiplayer games this year. Uh, ESO, so Elder Scrolls Online. I came into this game very late, and I didn't expect much from it, which is probably one of the reasons that it worked for me. Like, I had no expectations. And I found a compelling MMO that feels remarkably like a great single-player Bethesda game. So, like, this is almost my counterpoint to Fallout 76. Like, as much as I bounced off 76 and was disappointed in it, this game completely blew my expectations out of the water, and I loved it. And... I think this is one of those that it's only a matter of time till the right expansion comes out or I'm like, oh, yeah, I just need something to do and I'll go back to it and I'll subscribe for another couple months. Like this is sitting there kind of on the back burner list, but I fully anticipate going back to it at some point. And I'm glad about that because I've been wanting you to play this for a long time because I liked it early on, but didn't like it enough to really spend, make it my online game, I guess I should put it. It wasn't my online life. And I went back this year and actually bought it on the PS4 and tried the Warden class, like you told me, that that friends had told you to. And I like it. Like, it's great now. Like, it's so much better than it was even then when I liked it. So I, I didn't make my list of things, but I'm glad that... That I have it there to be able to go into anytime I want. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. And like I said, I'll go back to it again at some point, but I like it. Like I liked it a lot and I had no expectations and it more than met those and blew them away. And I was I was very impressed by that game. Um, the last one in this multiplayer section is Dragalia Lost. So I know I've talked about this a few mm. times, but the main thing is that I keep playing this game. Like, I've been playing this game since it came out. I don't think I've missed a day. I think I've logged in every single day since this oh, game wow. released. And it it has completely hooked me. And it's perfect. It's hitting that middle ground for me that it's like enough time. It's interesting enough and it has its hooks in me where I want to do a little bit every day. But it's not like I need to put hours into it or I feel like I'm missing out if I can't do like absolutely everything. Um, I think right. it might be kind of how you feel about Marvel Strike Force is where I'm at yeah. with Dragalia Lost. And... This game was sitting at my number five on this list for like a month, maybe, as we've been building I noticed that. Yeah, this is the one for me that's just off my top five. Like, there was a last-minute addition to my list that ended up being number one that was totally unexpected, um, and it bumped this game. And I'm kind of sad about this. So this is my number six. I can definitely say that. I'm not even hesitant about it. I I just love Tregalia Lost. It's so fun. It's a mobile action RPG 
from Nintendo, and it just kind of works for me. And it's very good. I liked this game where I was playing it, and I don't think I like... I think I've narrowed it down to why I bounced off of this one. I don't like the the Nintendo style of microtransactions that they do. I don't like that kind of draw system that you have uh, where you end up... I don't, I don't even know, remember what they call it well, there, where you're combining the things. Fire and, Heroes works. Yeah, I didn't like it, so I think that's why. It's like, okay, it's got this kind, and that was what made me not get as far into it as i actually wanted to because it's a very good game that's completely fair though like i can see that part of it the other so another section here of honorable mentions are games with nostalgia or like smart iterations on existing series that kind of go together um pokemon let's go eevee which we already talked about a ton so i'm not going to dwell on it here but it was it was really fun i loved it i beat that game like i still think it's a great game for anyone that's interested in jrpgs to get started on and you still think that it's your favorite pokemon game overall yes i think so i really like the balance that it struck and i hope that a lot of those like removing player friction and a lot of like the things they smoothed over i really hope those right. make it into the next mainline game and I've been meaning to ask you about this because I completely forgot about it when we've talked about it before, and I haven't even looked it up online. But initially, when they announced it, they were saying that it was going to integrate with your Pokemon Go account. Did, how does it? Like, did that ever make it in? Yeah. So you know the Safari Zone in the original. Well, of course you do. You've played the games, right? Yeah. Um, so instead of Safari Zone, they have this thing called the Go Park, and basically, like, once you get there, because it's later in the game, it's like probably three quarters of the way into the game before you okay. get to that part. Just like Safari Zone, it's like the same place um there's a go park and what you can do is you can just like use your phone to communicate with the switch over bluetooth i think it is um and you can transfer any pokemon from pokemon go into the go park and then they're sitting in there for like an hour or something that gives you a chance to catch them okay so you don't the ones that you've caught you have to catch again in game you don't automatically get them added to your pokedex that way yes exactly okay okay i thought you were going to get them because you caught them before and you were going to be able to use them in let's go okay and it's not the exact same pokemon either it's like it brings over a version of that Pokemon, but it has different stats, right. and it's not like named the same. It, it so, but if you have a right. species that you've caught and you want to bring it across, you can do that. Right. Okay. So if I have a Raichu, I can you know put Raichu in there and go catch him. Yes, exactly. You got okay. it. Okay. Cool. Um. So another one on this like nostalgia and iteration list, uh, Tetris Effect. Like Tetris Effect, I still keep playing it, but I only play it like five or ten minutes at a time. It's just. It's a Zen game. You get into a flow state and it's just kind of chill, which I probably need more of in my life with the way that this year went at work. That work's been insane. And this is one game that like made me not disconnect, but like it gave me enough to just focus in on it and get into that like flow state and you know just kind of relax in an interesting way yeah i'm i mean i know exactly what you mean on it. Like I know that kind of game. I keep seeing Tetris effect in places and. It's one of those that if I ever sat down and played it, I would spend hours playing it because I love Tetris. I love games like that. And it's it does look super chill, but I just I haven't grabbed it. It's one that if 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 I had it on Steam, I would just be like, yep, there it is. Let's play this. Yeah. And it's it's just like the sounds and the visualization and the way that it all ties together. And it just works as a complete experience. I mean, it's still Tetris like it hasn't changed, but Tetris is a good game at its core. And then they yeah. took that and they built a music and visualization engine on top of it. And it just it works. I, I love it. It's a great game. Um, another one in this category, Smash Brothers Ultimate, which we just talked about 
last week. I yep. think, if I'm remembering the order of episodes airing correctly. I think, right. Yeah, and I have, I've had a ton of fun playing that with my kids. And just, like, I still love Smash. Like, I've always loved Smash. And I'll buy everyone when they come out and play it for a while. And then whenever my kids want to play. So it's great. I loved it. Um, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is on here for me. It's interesting because this is the first Castlevania game that I've ever beaten. And it's not even technically a Castlevania game. Like, it is by the creator of Castlevania, and then he took that and he was making Bloodstained, not Curse of the Moon. It has a different subtitle, the one that got kickstarted and it's like modern consoles and all that. And then as a side project, his company made this, which is like a, a reinterpretation of the 8-bit era version of Castlevania. So it is Castlevania without being Castlevania. And I beat it. It was great. Like, I love games that do this, that tackle what it felt like to be in the like 8-bit era without actually having to get hung up on all the things that you got hung up on in the 8-bit era that both sounds appealing to me and not appealing because like we talked about before like i went back and i heard so many great things about uh shovel knight and so i got it on the on the 3ds and i didn't like it nearly as much as everybody did because it still felt just enough like the older ones that i was like this one doesn't feel quite modern enough for me to fully enjoy as a platformer and i think that's the way this one may feel after watching a bunch of uh, streams for it yeah i could see people landing there it's just that it it landed perfectly for me so it was a great game i beat it in like a day or like two sittings or something it was super fast but it was totally worth my time and effort and money um the other one in this like this is more on the smart iteration category assassin's creed odyssey like i can't not mention it you know it's a series that's on its way back into my good graces and it didn't make my top five i don't love it that much but honestly like if we were to expand out our list this would probably fall into like my number seven spot right under dragalia lost um the story became like so good in the wider context of the series but they hid so much of that at the end game like you can hear this if you've listened to the episodes across the year how my opinion of this game changed through like continual play because i probably put 50 hours into it and I'm so disappointed that they hid so many interesting story beats and elements at the end of the game that people are never going to see because you know how many people bounce off of open world games. Um, Oh yeah. And this is actually like one of my favorite open world games of the year. It's perfect in that level of video gaminess. And I didn't realize that until I had Red Dead Redemption 2 and Fallout 76 right there to look at, like right back to back after this game came out. And then I looked back at Assassin's Creed Odyssey and went, oh, I actually like that a lot more than I thought I did. Now that I have these other, like, comparison points, I was like, yeah, that's, it's on its way to becoming a game that I really like again. I'm just, I'm I'm so resistant because I like the old version of Assassin's Creed games so much that it's taking me a while to get there. But I think that they are developing and coming a little bit closer to some of the things I like, and I'm being more okay with it over time. So this one totally worked for me. And this is one I actually thought was going to be in your top games of the year, that it was going to be in your top five, because of how it had affected you across your playthrough. As it grew on you and you realized so much more was there than they initially uh, let let on like there was. 
Yeah, and it, like I said, it's just off the top. It's probably number seven. If we're extending our lists out, um, I'd be okay with it being in that spot. Give it another iteration cycle. I'm really interested to see what happens with the next two Assassin's Creed games because I liked this one a lot more than I liked Assassin's Creed Origins. And the next one on the dev cycle is from the Origins team. So we'll see uh. how I feel about that. But the game after that will be from this Odyssey team. And that's the one that I'm really looking forward to, I think. What are the the areas? What era are they going with with the next two? Do you know I don't yet? Know. It's not they announced. announced. No, no, not yet. We'll have to wait and see, just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, Lame. I know. The last section on my honorable mentions here are games by smaller teams. So some of these are indie-ish. Some of them are just smaller team sizes. But all of these are extremely worth your time, and they're easy to overlook because they come out from small teams with small marketing budgets. Into the Breach, this is my tactics game of the year. No hesitation. It's smart, and it's elegant in its design, and I want it on mobile so bad. Uh, I know it's out on Switch, and I can recommend it there because... That would be a great fit for it, but I want it on mobile because that's where I would play a ton of it. Oh, I didn't actually know it was on Switch yet. That's awesome. You should maybe pick it up if you're interested. I should because that one, looking at it from everything you've said and then looking it up, the Switch would be about a perfect platform for it, if not on mobile. It has smart and elegant tactical systems, and it's wonderful. If you're like a tactical gamer at all, you should get into the breach if you don't have it already. Uh, Slay the Spire is another one in this category. It is a very smart deck building game. And again, I wish it was on mobile because I played this game to death right when I got it for like the first week, maybe two weeks. And the only reason that I'm not absolutely addicted to this game is because I have to go through the friction of like, okay, is my computer on? Let me boot up Steam. And then, oh, someone else like is distracting me. If I have it on mobile and I can always just play, I would be playing this game so much. So Slay the Spire is great if you're into deck building games at all. Like you got to pick that one up. Um, Frostpunk, which I talked about earlier in the year, this probably had the biggest emotional impact on me out of the entire year. Like the feeling of cold and oppression and trying to survive in this harsh wilderness where you're not really fighting against other people you're fighting against the weather and the elements and being from somewhere that gets completely frozen in the winter uh you know minnesota like we make fun of it but it's true once you get around like january february everything here is cold and like i've never had a game capture the feeling of like a winter deep freeze in the way that this game did and everything from like the sound design to the visuals to the just everything like it was oppressive to play and i'm so glad i played it in the summer and not in the winter because i feel like i don't know if i could have done that um but (laughs) it was amazing I I, i know exactly what you mean though jennifer and i were planning our wedding and we started watching battlestar galactica and it was too much stress to continue watching that tv show and planning a wedding at the same time. Like, I totally understand where it's like, nope, too much. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, so anyone who lives in a cold winter climate, I would not recommend this game in the winter, but everybody else, you pick it up anytime, and people who are out there like me, just wait till the summer comes around, because it's it's really good. It's really good. Uh, it's kind of like an RTS base builder, I guess, but that's not why it left an impression on me. It's really like the feeling that it it brought to me. Um, yeah. Return of the Oberdin, which is fairly recent that I checked out in the last few weeks here. It like who knew that logic puzzles could be this fun, right? Like I didn't think that being an insurance adjuster in the 1800s ish would be like one of the best characters of the year. It's maybe not best character, but like best role that I stepped into this year, the oddest role that actually worked for the game and figuring out who killed who, when, and how, and it's just like, 
you know, triangulating across all of these points based on limited information and using your intuition and your logic and all of that, like this game was a puzzle and it made me think, but I loved it. I loved it like start to finish. Um, I, you can't really replay it because now I know all the solutions, but if any of the things I talked about in it sound interesting to you, I, I highly recommend it. And this is one of those where I rarely say to go watch like a playthrough of it, but if you're not the type of gamer that can play a game like this, I would check out a stream or a let's play or something because it's so fascinating. So yeah, return of the Oberdin is right up there for me. I actually saw like that would be when I saw videos of it, I knew that that would be how I played this game. Like if I were to, well, that would be how I experienced this game because I don't think I would actually want to play it. I would love, however, to uh, watch someone play it because it's so beautiful. It is. It's, it's so good and it's so interesting and it was, challenging in a good way just mentally challenging not like gameplay physically challenging but just trying to get my head around the logic in a a fun way um and the last one on this list is battle chef brigade this one was like way back from the beginning of the year but it's probably (laughs) the most surprising game on this honorable mentions list for me because i had no expectation going into it and i ended up loving it it's an action platformer mixed with a match three puzzle game mixed with iron chef like yep. that's what this game is um you are in a kitchen and you're doing a kitchen battle just like iron chef but you have to go out and kill your ingredients which are monsters while you're in the middle of the battle and timed and then you bring them back and you do a match three game to turn it into ingredients to turn it into food that you then present to the judges who have different tastes and it's it shouldn't work as well as it does and it's so much more than the sum of its parts it's one of those games where like it has no right to be as good as it is basically and this is actually one that capsule j messaged me the other day to let me know that battle chef brigade is on uh discord now and if you're a nitro subscriber that uh, you get it for free and i've already added it to my library and haven't installed it yet it's on my short list of things to do because of how you've talked about it because he knew that i would love it he wanted to make sure that i didn't miss it because i subscribed to uh, discord nitro and uh so i'm like it's free if you already do that go out Add it to your library on the Discord store and you can play it completely for free. That's awesome. And it's just, it's a game with so much heart and I ended up loving it for what it is. And if it was one that I debated like getting into that top five, if I could like swing it and it didn't quite make the card for me, but it's right up there, you know, in that like seven, eight range, somewhere in there for sure. Like it, it sounds so weird and cool that, uh, like I said, I've got it in my library and I see it on Discord to, to install every day. And I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do it. And then I got distracted by by different games recently so which we'll talk about here in a minute um okay so before we get into our top five that's it for honorable mentions by the way uh we usually don't plug a ton right now during the holiday season except for reviews because we don't ask for them the rest of the year so reviews help spread the podcast far and wide it's like the easiest thing that you can do to actually get the word out about the podcast and let more people know that it exists and that you like it so a couple times a year we ask for reviews if you haven't left a review please do um on itunes is the best place you know the apple podcast app any of that kind of stuff but really any podcatcher you're using if there's any way to thumbs up it or star it or review it please do um 
what else what else should they know about reviews uh they help more than really anything else for small uh non uh for small non-commercial podcasts and books and anything like that if if you give a review people will really take that into into consideration when choosing it so it is if you if you don't you know donate to the patreon if you don't retweet anything ever if you can just click on a star rating that is actually more helpful than anything yes to be able to promote us and help us so please review if you haven't. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, and okay. for those of you who have, I've been keeping an eye on at least the number of them because I haven't been able to read uh, new ones. But I've noticed that some of you have been going out there and doing that. So thank you so much for doing that. You did not go unnoticed. Thank you. It means a ton. So before we dive into our top five, we have some special guests that I got to interview. So we're going to have that happen right now. I'm here with my special guest, my first special guest, my son. Say hi. Hi. So what was your favorite video game of the year? Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And why was it your favorite game of the year? Because I like to play it with my sister. You like playing it with your sister? Yeah. That's good. What do you like about the game besides just playing it with your sister, even if that's the best part? What else do you like? Mm, that there's so much characters that I can't even pick which one to choose. You can't even pick which one? If I if I asked you what was your favorite character, what would you say? Who's your favorite character? Pichu. Pichu? Why Pichu? Because once I went crazy and my sister couldn't even catch me. Wow, that's good. Would you recommend Smash Brothers Ultimate for other people to play? Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for giving your video game recommendation of the year. Bye. Bye. You did a great job. Okay, I'm here with my second special guest. This is my daughter. Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> hi to everybody in podcast land. I heard that you have three games of the year prepared for us. Yes, I wrote them down on post-it notes. I know. You're very prepared this year. I'm impressed. Why don't you start with number three and we'll work our way towards number one. Okay. Um, okay, what's number three? Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. And why is that your number three game of the year? Um, it was, like, a good concept, well, like, a good game, until I found out, like, other games, and I kind of got, like, distracted with those games, but overall, it was, like, a cute game, it was, like, a, like, 3D, 3D Pokemon, I, I liked, I liked what it looked like, like, the sound effects and a bunch of stuff. Oh, wow, so there's a lot of different things. And then, hey, you got distracted. We all get distracted from games sometimes with other games. Yeah. Was Did you like like capturing the Pokemon and going through the story? Yeah, it was basically like Pokemon Go mixed with like video game Pokemon. Yeah, like the other Pokemon. Because you've beaten other Pokemon games, right? Yeah, and and you hold the controller up and throw it. Throw yeah. a Pokeball. And it, act, and it connects to the TV, which is really cool. And if there's... Two players, which is also really nice. Um, you, you you can do a double catch and make it like rainbow Pokeball. Yeah, for co-op mode, that's fun. You and I did a bunch of that, and you did a bunch of that with your brother too. That was awesome. And this person here d- did a well beat the elite four, so he basically beat the game. Good oh, job, me. Dad. You're talking about me. Thank you very <laughs> yes. much. What's your number two game of the year? Um, it is. It's. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on the Nintendo Switch. And why is it your number two game of the year? Um, even though I don't really like it on on the Wii U, 
Yeah. It's a really good game. The, well, there's a lot of new characters, and I like how you get to unlock spirits in a spirit mode, and there's like an, an adventure mode, and you unlock characters through throughout your gameplay. So there's there's a lot of modes, and that you like them. Yeah. What do you like more about this compared to the Wii U one? Because you didn't like the Wii U one as much, but you seem to be playing this one a lot. Well, could I tell them my main character? Yeah, of course. Um, my main character is Bowser, and for some reason, in- instead of with the other characters, I think that that I like Bowser the best because for some reason I feel like with Bowser I have a super good grabbing grabbing technique with just with Bowser for some reason, and yeah. I, I don't really know why, and, and I really like Bowser. So you finally found a character that clicked with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You do have a really good grab-and-throw technique with Bowser. I'm very impressed by it. So what's And your... you can bonk your, your opponents in the forehead and do, like, a ground pound or, like, your belly flop on them. Also very important points when you're playing Bowser. So, what's your number one game of the year? Drum roll. Animal Crossing New Leaf Welcome Amiibo. And why was that your game of the year? Um, even though that I already played it, um, I started to play it again. Yeah, you replayed it. First up, there's a bunch of fun and sometimes new, most times old animals. They have really fun chats and a bunch of things to talk about. You can just talk to them over and over and sometimes they will even give, give you requests. So you like checking in with the characters? Yes. Okay, excellent. Especially around this time because I need to know what they want for Toy Day, a.k.a. Christmas. Oh, that's nice. What else do you like about the game? I like expanding my town. Yeah? Even though that that your town stays the same, a bunch of things on Main Street could expand, your house can expand. By the way, I just got a house expansion. That's awesome. I know, you've been working really hard to keep expanding your town. I'm glad that you have fun growing it. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I know you had one other thing you really wanted to talk about. It's having multiplayer sessions with my brother. You guys have been having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Even though that that there's errors most of the time, I found out that that you can just go into your like your save bar and instead of hitting save, you can hit hit end multiplayer session, and then on the other person's screen, it will say, "Looks like it's time to go" or something like that. Yeah, you figured out the way around Nintendo's bad netcode. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You did a really good job, but you guys have because been Because I normally get, even though that I'm eight years old, sometimes I kind of get freaked out with the errors. Once I was bending down to look at something and I just stayed there and I couldn't move my character, I was freaked out. I thought that the game was frozen or broken, but, but like a, three minutes after that, an error showed up. Yeah, sometimes Nintendo's netcode is not fantastic. So that's your favorite game of the year, Animal Crossing, New Leaf, Welcome Amiibo. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming on and telling everybody your top three of the year. That's awesome. Okay. Do you want to say bye to everybody? Bye-bye. On to the next person. Okay, I'm back with my son. Say hi again. Hi. So you heard that your sister did a top three, and you wanted everybody to know your other two top choices of the year, right? Yeah. So, can you tell us what's your number two choice of the year? Minecraft. Why Minecraft? Mm, because I like to play with my sister again. That's a good reason, yeah. Anything else about it that you really like? That you can get a lot of stuff, and I think stuff that don't really exist, but I don't know. Do you like survival mode or creative mode? Mm, creative, because you can do whatever you want. 
That's awesome. Yeah, you guys are really good at building stuff. So what's your third top game of the year? Super Mario Party. What about Super Mario Party made you like it? Because of the mini games. Yeah, you guys loved playing mini games. You mostly did mini games without a whole lot of the actual Mario Party part. Was there one mini game that was your favorite one? Don't Wake Wiggler. What about Don't Wake Wiggler? It's pretty scary, and you have to to pet them, and at a random time, he scares you. Yeah, he jolts awake and scares you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one's fun. Okay, thanks for telling everybody your top three of the year. This was awesome. Yeah. Do you want to say bye to everyone again? Bye. Hello. Hello. You have to actually come closer to the mic. Hello. Hi. Can I, I can't say that, that the professor in Pokemon wants you to go on an adventure so he can bone down with your mom. That's probably, actually, no, you could say that. I can say bone down. Yeah, that's acceptable with our rating on the podcast. Or get down. Yes, that also works. Get busy. All of these things work. Okay, I just can't say. Yes. That's a no then. No, those have to be bleeped. That's a hard pass. Or just I'll cut them out and no one will know what you said. Oh no, I don't want the world to not know what I said. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we're doing this a second time. We are. You always record these two times. I always feel I have, I listen back and then I say to myself that I could have done that a lot better given the chance. And hey, here's the chance because I can just say, hey, we're going to do that again. And here we are. Are you ready? I'm already doing it. This isn't the thing. Oh, okay. Well, Well, all of this stays in then. That's fine with me. I'm here with my wife, as you, you probably figured out by now. My name is your wife. I'm here with your wife. Thank you. Which is my wife, which is confusing for me, most of all. That's why I kept it. I know. It's the best. Anything that confuses you is a win for me. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, so this is the Games of the Year podcast. So we should probably get to that topic. You're playing a game right now, which is your game I am. of the year. No, so, I, I'm eating a whale right now. Hang can on. Can you talk oh, two, about it while one. you play it? Well, I'm done now. I could have. Okay. Uh, but I'm done now. We should probably so. put that down so you can focus. Oh, fine. This is my favorite game, though. So what is it? Um, It's called Hole.io, and our son showed it to me. He's six. I'm pretty sure this whole like collection of .io games is for children. Yeah. It's aimed at them. I don't know if that speaks to my maturity level, but I'm the best at this, and I love it. I don't know. Okay, so if you guys don't know what an .io game is, are they all like this? They're all different, so just talk about the one that you like Okay, so this specific one, this is hole.io, and you are a small hole, and you move around with your finger on three different maps, eating So it's a mobile game. Mobile game. Yeah, it's on the phone. Uh, You eat small things until uh, you gain a certain amount of points and then the hole gets bigger so you can eat bigger things. And there's three maps. You can be on an island or a futuristic city or a present day city. And the island one is my favorite because if you start in a good spot, because it starts you at random spots. So if you start in a good spot, there's a lot of plants around and you can get bigger really fast for the mode that is your goal is to eat 100% of the map. My high score is like 99.6%. That's really good. Which is very good. Yeah. And then my high score for playing against other people, I have a side note about that in a sec, but my high score for that mode is almost 3,000. So that high score unlocked this specific hole for me. 
and it is a psychedelic rainbow hole, which is the best. It's so awesome. It's a cosmetic reward. Yes, it is. Yeah, definitely. Because, well, here's the thing. Here's my side note. I don't think I'm playing with real people. No, we've talked about this. I think some of the modes might be, but the one that you like the most is not. Yeah, the one that's actual like local players that you have to connect with that one obviously would be but i play this game on break at work and i'm in a basement like in a school there's no wi-fi down there and it loads like immediately so i cannot be playing with real people and i thought i was actually like consuming other people's holes and expanding and getting super high scores and just like beating them into submission and i wasn't you think you're just dominating the computer Right. And that's, you know, that's something. It's not as much. I thought I was a lot better. It's still satisfying, though. You keep playing. It's very satisfying. Oh, the best part is probably the the tappy on the phone. What is that? Oh, the haptic feedback. Haptic feedback. So when your phone taps you every single time you eat something, it will tap you. So if you eat a, oh, let's see, a succession of of, uh, street signs or something and just goes it's so nice and every round is only two minutes so you can end a round and then tap tap and you're playing another round and it could be on a different map same map you can switch modes it's amazing and everybody should play it yeah it's definitely a game i don't even remember when i started playing but i didn't stop playing until i was the highest ranked that you can be no i don't think i've seen you play a game this consistently for this long Ever? I don't know, maybe, but if it if it is, it's been a really long time. Yeah, I don't see myself falling out of love with Hole.io. So, comes highly recommended? Yes, definitely. Okay, good. So then the other thing that I know a lot of people liked hearing about last year, so we should bring it up again before I let you go. My knitting, for sure. I haven't been knitting a whole lot. Um, just this one sweater for my dad for Secret Santa. So not a whole lot going in my album. Maybe some cotton. And I have some stuff uh, in the queue. But I've been super busy with school and work and the kids and you and the house and the guinea pigs and life. life. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. that's not what I was going to say, but I'm glad that you snuck that in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. What is your favorite game of the year that you watched me play? Whether that's to actually enjoy it, which probably not, but to make fun of or to criticize, because that's always fun for me too. Oh, I love the the ongoing criticism of games. It's not, I don't actually hate any of it. It's just silliness. That yeah, no, I, exactly. Yeah, it's stuff that I did not grow up with. So when you play it and it's awesome to you and I'm just like, I don't get this part. I don't accept the premise of a lot of the games you play. I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah, you keep me honest. It's good. The one, I think it's called God of War. Yes. You are Kratos, a god king. A god, but yeah. Okay. Very, very important guy. Sure. Right? Super big muscles, big, big weapons, mucho fighting, and you can't read, so you have a small boy that follows you around and reads for you. I don't get it. Why are you babysitting someone else's small boy? It's his small boy. It's his son? Yes. Well, why didn't you say that? Because... It's, you're not wrong. It is a small boy that follows him around. And why can't why can your son read and you can't read? Who taught this small boy? And if it was school, if it was school, leave him at home so he can continue to better <laughs> himself with an education. 
I get that some people like travel for work. That's fine. But he needs he's like in third grade. Max, he's in third grade. And all he he has a small bow that he can shoot arrows from afar. Right. Yeah. For safety. Not allowed to be with daddy in the melee. No, Osha. Because he's not he's not a god. I mean, obviously. Well, he we're getting into spoiler territory here. Oh, no, spoilers. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah of course he's a god. He's the son of a god. Yes, but he's he also a god. He can't read. He's a he's a godling. Sure. But your dad can't read. How did you learn to read? The mother. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is not a leave it to beaver moment for me, though. Uh, but mom, keep the kid in school. Like, why is he better going off fighting the bad guys with dad in the swamps? And da- dad can't even read. What if you lose the map, mom? The mom is dead. Oh, no. I know. That's how the whole game starts. It's not spoilers because it's the very beginning of the game. I didn't know that. Yeah, now you know. Oh, so he has to be with his dad. Yeah. So really, the dad is a single parent doing his best. He's trying to. Yes, he's doing his best. Oh, I'm a horrible person. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How am I going to get over this? It's been all year bashing this man. Well, you're not wrong. He does have a small boy that follows him everywhere. The core of your of your assumption is still correct. The small boy is doing his best and and his virtues are that he can read. Yeah. Oh, I'm such a horrible person. Okay. I cannot believe this. We have to do another segment where I don't bash a single parent doing his best. Okay, well, th- you've already done that. Talk about something else. What any a- other any, games? Literally any other games? anything else. What else from the year? Have I have you seen to me play? redeem myself. All video games are very good. <laughs> I have to just like, ma- I have to gain some dignity. But everybody should play Hold.io. Yeah, I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to circle back. Hold.io, the best, like, choice, choice, mobile gaming. The end? I need to be done because I'm, like, I'm digging myself into a hole. .io. Ah. And we're back. I hope you guys like that. That's always <laughs> fun for me. Um, it's it's super fun to talk to my family about what they liked this year. And, like, my daughter came with a prepared list of notes this year. Like, what even? She's eight. I didn't even, it blew me away. Anyway. She she is your daughter. She I is. I mean, there there's there's no way that, that that child was mixed up in the hospital. Like not not none at all. Nope, nope, none at all. So it's time for our top five now. Do you want to kick this off or should I? Uh either way, whatever works best for you. Okay, well, we just talked about mine in real time, so I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, so my number five this year is actually Bravely Default. It's years old. It is, what, three years old, I think, at least, maybe five? Like, I really don't remember what year this came out. Like, it's very old in terms of playing new games and making a top five list, but it is one of the best best rpgs that i've played in forever that it was it started out as a final fantasy game then got moved into its own ip and i'm so glad that it did because it is i'm glad it didn't just fall into being yet another final fantasy game that it stands on its own so well it has probably the the best version of the final fantasy job system out there um i actually like it better than final fantasy fives and i know that's blasphemy to some people but i think it i think it's great the way that you can bounce back and forth and put different uh, skills on certain things on people it's just i love this game and i'm sad that i waited to play this after everyone was telling me how good it was for years and i'm also happy that i waited because it has been a very very hard year and during some of 
the hardest times I was able to carry my 3DS around and open and play Bravely Default and really escape some of the absolute worst times just for a few minutes. And uh, it was great to be able to just pop open my 3DS, do a battle, like like farm something, look at something, read whatever it was for a side quest, and just close it when I had to. That this game has a special place in my heart because of that. Uh, it really was a right place, right time for me. Uh, I mean, I put in how long, I don't even remember how long I played this, but it was, it was dozens and dozens of hours. Like it's a long game and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Like it is one of the best RPGs that you can get right now. Um, and I haven't finished the second one bravely second end layer. I have, I've got, and I was almost bravely out at that point. Like bad things happened. My mom passed away and I was just like, yeah, not bravely second right now. I'm just, you know, you know, things happen. And, uh, but I it didn't sounds play like that one. It was the right time, like right game at the right time for yep. what you needed, which is always it's so huge when that happens. Absolutely. Like like not to put uh any kind of downer on it. I I beat it and my mom passed away I think t- a day later. And so it was like perfect timing for me to finish that up to to really have had a good a good experience while the worst experience was going on. So it's it's a very very good game. I'm um, I'm glad that it was there for you as a coping mechanism too. Like was. everybody it, needs those in times of stress like that. It was it very much was. And so, you know, take it for what you will, but that uh that game uh if you need something like that, you can definitely get into that game. Um, yeah. Number 4 for me is actually the Tales series. Oh man, I don't um, get a number 5 this year. That was that. Oh, that was bravely default. <laughs> that was your number five. Oh, I thought we were going straight through. Okay, yeah, yeah, go no, ahead. Man. You got to build the go. tension. No, no, There's a no, structure to this. We're going right. five, five, four, four. We have a way of doing this. Um, my number five is Cuphead, which does not have nearly <laughs> the emotional significance as your number five did for you. But it's just like thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. The it it's probably the best platform shooter that I've ever played honestly and it's i i don't know what i expected out of this game but i didn't expect to be challenged so much and at the same time fall so in love with it as a game this is one where like when we put together this list we have to go back and kind of see like what do we even play this year especially in the first half of the year and this one fell in that weird spot for me where it was like after we recorded our games of the year last year but before we started like our next season so this was kind of lost in the shuffle there, and I didn't realize it until I was pulling stuff for this list, and there's no way it couldn't make the list for me. Like, it's so good, and it's so challenging, but in a perfect way for somebody like me who spent my life playing platforming games and shooting games and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I want more of it, basically. Like, I want more games like this. And the other thing about it is the style. Like, the style just blew me away, you know? Oh, the it, style is outrageous. That it, yeah. It, oh, man. It's it's one of the most stylish games I've seen in years. I mean, as much as, like, Persona 5 is probably the most stylish, this would, I would put this up near the top for sure, somewhere near the top, because yeah. it has a style all its own, and it embraces it and executes on it and succeeds what it's trying to do, basically. Yep. 
And this one was one that I wanted to really like and ended up Steam returning because it's the platform shooter. And I love platformers. And if it had been a a, a hybrid platformer, if it had been a, a, a Metroidvania, if it had been anything but a platform shooter like it was, I would have stuck with it even during the hardest parts. But when because it was a shooter... I didn't, I just couldn't do it. Like that was the part that actually turned me off of it. Cause those are the platformers that I am the, I'm the least likely to play all the way through. Yeah. I bounce off of them a lot, which is another reason that I'm surprised this one did not have that happen. Like I, I was hooked and I beat it and I'm so proud to have beaten it too. That's another piece of it too, that I'm sure it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. And like I beat it and I feel good about that. So yeah, that's my number five. Okay. Now what's your number four? Okay, so my number four is the Tales series, the Tales of series, that I rediscovered this this year during my JRPG binge that I didn't know this was a series until this year, that I thought these were all just kind of, you know, they're named almost generically as RPGs and video games in general. That it's like, oh yeah, Tales of Symphonia, and then you have Tales of Destiny, and then it's just like, these games, they honestly kind of just... I played them and I never really thought about it being a series. And then this year I was play I was looking around for the best games on the 3DS and I really found and and the Vita actually and Tales of the Abyss and Tales of Hearts came up. Uh they were everywhere talking about how they were some of the best games on the systems and I played through both of them and I totally agree that they the series as a whole is my number 4 because I discovered it this year and I played through two of the games and uh, Tales of Vesperia is being remade on the Switch that comes out in maybe as of this recording in three weeks, I think, and uh, as the Ultimate Edition, and it was only available on the 360 before that. Um, and it's like one of it's the best in the series by most people's standards. I mean, Tales of Symphonia was one of those games that. Uh, uh, was on GameCube and so many people played, but uh, never and really thought wonderful things about. And now there's a Steam release that you can play, and uh, just Zestiria and uh, Perseria and and all of these that that are out there. They're all the same series. They all have the same DNA, and I'm very excited because I I love these, and I didn't know that I loved these. So I li- really listed them as number four because I went straight from Tales to Tales of the Abyss to Tales to Heart of to Tales of Hearts, and they're good that, that that it's not an rpg that's going to hit me emotionally like they're they're good they're fun they're great rpgs and that's why they made it here because they're just well made and tales of the abyss is the only rpg whose main character is designed to make you hate him that you hate the person you are playing as and i think that that is such a unique take on the jrpg person without a personality that so often you have this protagonist that you're playing that's really this blank slate that often you give them a name they don't have lines and you're actually role-playing them and you know you're giving answers like you would blah 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 no this guy has a personality and he is awful that that i'm sure that if you started tales of the abyss that you would bounce off of it really hard because the guy's so terrible to read like he's almost dolores umbridge bad like painful to read like oh what and but the entire story is him not being 
what he is. And so by the end of the game, you see a lot of character growth, but it's because instead of starting at like the Luke Skywalker, whiny, uh, normal hero story you get, this guy's just terrible. Like you hate him from the beginning and you have to control him and see his story the entire way. And really the, the sympathetic characters are the party that you have uh, who interact with him and you learn all of their stories. And I thought that was just a magnificent way to tell a story that's not done nearly often enough. Dude, that's super interesting. So this is like the one that surprised me on this list the most, I think actually your next one is, but for a completely different reason. (laughs) But like, I remember you talking about the series and playing through the games I just don't remember it being like a huge thing that you like really love. So I was just surprised how high it was on your list for the year. It's one of those that the more I think about it, the more I look forward to these games that I heard there was another one coming out. I know that Vesperia is coming out in January for the Switch. They've announced that they're working on a brand new one. um, And I found uh, Zesteria and Berseria on uh, Steam for, I think, like, six dollars each or something like that during one of the sales and it's just like i have a backlog of these to play when i want to and i'm looking forward to it they're shortlisted because they're just so good to play they have good gameplay if nothing else that that they take hours and hours to get through but at the same time they don't they're not like dragon quest where you play it when you want the the absolute quintessential jrpg experience you play the tales games when you want a a kind of quirky but really interesting battle system because they're on a 2d plane even in a 3d world so it sounds like this is the year that like your appreciation for the series really gelled yeah it really did because i'd played them disparately all you know since the first one since the first one was an emulator rom that wasn't released in the united states and was fan translated that was tales of fantasia when i was a teenager had no idea these were ser- this was a series of these because the name is so generic oh, that's so interesting okay cool yeah. um my number four was god of war so right yeah i think everyone probably knew this was going to be somewhere in my top five the the story of this game is really what pulled me through even though at its core it's just like an action game you know third person action game um but it's also it's an amazing looking game i love some of the stylistic things that they chose to do from like a cinematography standpoint the fact that the camera never cuts for the entire game like that was impressive for me the whole time that still blows my mind i mean i can understand for something like birdman when you're looking at cinematography that they can do that but for a video game not to have that happen is blows my mind and it's amazing looking like in terms of you look at it and you're like oh wow this is like the most my machine can do the most that like this (laughs) console can put out like this is probably the game of the generation in terms of graphics on and i was playing on the original ps4 like i don't have a ps4 pro i'm just kind of like dragging my feet till the ps5 comes out and this game still just looks breathtaking like it's amazing the way this game looks and plays and it's i rarely actually see graphics and go wow those are impressive graphics anymore like we're kind of past that point for the most part yep this is one of the games in one of the only games i should say in the last few years where i actually went oh wow that's as good as graphics can be like that kind of thing like it is the top of the line as polished as can possibly be um so that's a a super impressive part about it too but 
the adding depth to an existing character, even if I ended up not liking the character as much by the time like God of War 3 came around, like I played the original one on PS2, PS1, whenever right. it came out, um, and then uh, God of War 2, and then by the time God of War 3 came out, I was kind of over it because he was just angry Kratos. To take that character, <laughs> he was. I mean, that's basically what he was. It's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was just full of rage, and it's like, that's not interesting. To take that character and to fast-forward him in time and give him, like, a family and a son and see that he's changed over time, but still the core of him that used to be there is, like, something he learned from, they gave this character so much depth that I didn't think they would be able to execute it, and they absolutely did. And besides that, it's also a story about fatherhood, and that works for me. I mean, obviously, that's, like, a weak point for me, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's a tale about fatherhood, and, like, the kid is only slightly older than my daughter, so it was it was just set up to, like, definitely, right. this story worked for me, the game worked for me. Um, I'm super excited for whatever the next one ends up being, even if it's years away at this point, but there's no way that, like, God of War doesn't make my list, so that was my number four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember when that was going on, and, it, like, that one has the emotional resonance for you that, that it just, it had to be. Like you said, it had to be there. And so, you know, for me, you know, we were talking about about the the most stylish games. My number three is actually Persona Five. Yes, of all things, I'm like, so uh, happy. I, okay, so I've had this game. I bought it maybe a week ago and started playing it just a couple of days ago and i'm like 17 hours in now like i've had the last couple of days off and it's great that i don't know how else to put it like i know this is like your favorite game and part of what made me look it up was the art book that uh, that i was thinking about all of that with how stylish it was what people were saying about the the art in general and i saw that it was uh, 25 bucks on playstation like you and i had talked about uh that it sometimes goes down there i was like i'm gonna go ahead and buy this and amazingly the playstation network took my money and it worked out that i finally truly appreciate what these games do and i was i was hesitant to put it on here i was hesitant to think about it because it's been such a recent thing but it's made me start looking stuff up about about the whole series it's made me start looking into literally every game in the series and the uh the shimagami tensei games and uh because i played and bounced off of smt4 earlier this year and i like it but i learned enough from it to really appreciate persona 5 though because of the uh the persona negotiation that they put back in five that wasn't in four and I really, I knew what to do already. So it was just like, okay, I get this. And then it finally clicked. I got past that lull where I got through that first palace. I learned, I got used to having to go into a dungeon more than once and how to use the calendar and the time and be like, okay, now I see where this game is. And it really did make me want to go back and play Persona 4. But I mean, I'm still in this. I'm still like a not even a quarter of the way in this, I guess. I'm I'm near the end of Palace Two right now, and it's uh uh I know I've got a lot to do still, but I'm like I went back and I found I actually found my Persona Four save game. I'd backed up the entire app to my PlayStation Four, and I didn't remember doing that, and I found it or my PlayStation Three, and so I I downloaded it, and my save was still there, and I was only three hours into it. Uh, I wasn't as far as I thought, but it was still a good place to pick up right at the first castle in it. And um, so that was great. And then I've been looking up actually just different things about Persona 1, 2, and 3, and then the SMT games and uh, Persona Q on the on the 3DS. They're apparently just like 
three weeks ago was released Persona Q2 in Japan. Had no idea that that existed uh, until today. And it's like when I get interested because of one game and I start wanting to to know about the others and the the production and the fan base and everything is like I finally figured this out after hearing so much about it that I, I understood and appreciated but never really got I get it and this game is wonderful and I keep texting you things like I actually didn't text you something today uh, about uh, a character and, and the car that they get and I'm like what what the what and it just surprised me and it's very good like it's so stylish i'm just so happy that like you got to it finally like i knew you would at some point so i tried not to pressure you but every time i see it go on sale i send you a link just knowing that one of these times like one of these times you'll jump on it and And part of it is knowing that it's a hundred hour game almost that's no matter what is it what kept me from even trying it's like i know that how long to beat has it just as a casual playthrough being 96 hours i mean that's the average here for people like throwing in just playing through the game and i'm like that is so intimidating but i played through i got maybe five or six hours in and i was like okay this is not i finally got past that initial bump on the it feels so limiting how is this an rpg and now i'm like i i can see where all of the characterization comes in how the social links really affect you and it actually gives me much more of an like i said an appreciation of the rest of the series and i was telling my wife I, we we went and saw our um saw our nephew in a, a school play last night and as we were waiting i was reading an article and she asked me what i was reading and i said i'm reading a review of a remake of a game i read a review for uh from like 1997 and she's like what and seriously it was like i <laughs> was fell reading down the a review hole. i did i fell down the rabbit hole because i remember in egm the first electronic gaming monthly when they reviewed uh revelations persona which was the first time i ever heard about a persona game and i went and read a review of it and then i read a review of uh, shin megami tensei persona that they released for the psp that you can download now for the vita and reading what the difference was in the remaster and remake than the original PS1 one and the original PS1 uh, American one specifically. And it's just like, when I do that, I know that I'm in it for the long haul. That it's like, I, I can't not include this game because of everything I've heard about it and the way that it's making me just want to play it. Like, it's made me step away from Overwatch. It made me step away from Dragon Quest Eleven because it's so good. And I was really into that game. Like, that's what I planned on playing over my long weekend. And Persona 5 just stopped me in my tracks and just, just did not let go. Like, it is... And it's so stylish. Like, you told me it was so stylish. It's so stylish that it's hard to play initially. That yeah, I, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand, like, what the menus said and how they worked. And I'm like, oh, my God, they, they've, they've, this aesthetic is going overboard. And it's like the character, like, I couldn't tell because the, in certain areas, the, the screen has a weird frame around it that's translucent and kind of moving. And I'm like, this is so hard to control. Why, why, why? And then everything gelled after just a few hours of like being immersed in that and i'm like okay i'm good this is beautiful and i love watching this and the music is so good 
the music in this game is just so well done. I love listening to the music. And even Jennifer has commented on how good the music was as I've played it. Just like, it's very, very well made. And I'm very sad that I'm playing it right now when they are prob- when they just put Joker, uh, the main character on this one, on Smash Ultimate. Which means there's probably going to be like a Persona 5 Crimson on the Switch sometime next year. Which means... I'm probably going to have to play it again. <laughs> that's not and a bad not thing. Be in, and not be a new game plus, though. And have oh, to do yeah, that's part of it. original thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can always just keep playing it forever on every system. And then you'll have new game that's pluses ju- everywhere. I'm not going to well, add on to this one. That's what because you're going to do. It's a good game. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this was my game of the year when it came out. So I'm not going to add on too much, yeah. except that I love this game. And I'm so happy that you're playing it now. And, like, every and time I get a text message about something that I experienced a year, year and a half ago, I'm like, yes, yes, keep sending these to me. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nuts. And you were even playing the new game plus this year. I'm hoping that me being so enamored by this game gets you going back through the new game plus. It might. Yeah, I'm going to pick that up. It's still on my list. It's just like sitting there because other things came up and the fall happened. So a million games oh, came yeah. out. But I'll get back to that new game plus because like I love that game. It's such a good game. It, it's such a good game. And I mean, I really am. And, and how bad I'm, I'm in on this right now, just to, to wrap up my thoughts on why this is on here. It's. I've got Persona 5 on the on the PlayStation 5 uh, PlayStation 4. I've got Persona 4 Golden installed on my Vita and I'm really considering getting Persona Q on the 3DS and just having Persona where I can play it no matter where I'm at in my house or whatever. It's like, "Oh, I got some some time to kill. I can play this one." It's like that's how bad it is right now. That's how uh how good this game is. Like I really do want to play all of these games. That's amazing. Like it's <laughs> It's so yeah. amazing. Yep. Okay, like, you got to keep texting me and then it's report good. back because I feel like you're going to play this a lot over break I here. I am. I, 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 I am. Yes. Yep. So our first episode of season four, you'll have to give an update. Um, yeah. It's just going to be. It's going to just going to be be just persona and the collective persona unconscious. Report. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, my number three is uh, Monster Hunter World. So this is the game that finally I, I finally got over that Monster Hunter hurdle. You know, like, <laughs> like I did with Persona. Yeah. Basically, it's. I, it's a game series that always felt like it needed somebody to hold your hand and teach you about it because it was so obtuse that if you didn't have a person there walking you through it or a million guides pulled up and wanted to watch like hours and hours of YouTube videos, you couldn't get into this game. And Monster Hunter World, while not perfect, finally got rid of enough of those rough edges that I was able to get into it. And once I was okay. into it and I saw what it was doing... I was invested and I was like, I'm going to beat this game. And I did like, it was so fun and so good. And I played it for like a month, maybe a month and a half. Like it was a long time. I feel like, yeah, you were, you were all in on monster hunter world long after I realized it was a mistake for me to have bought it, that it was one of the very few games that I played. I thought I liked. And then when I went back and tried to play it again, I was like, nope, I hate this, and they won't give me my money back. That that was one that I really wished I'd waited on because. But everybody loves it. Like I, I really it. am so a, a loner on this. That I've not found anyone who really dislikes it. And I think it's just the the that core loop that it's so repetitive over and over again, and the fights are so long that that the running away back to their to their their nests and things like that really started to to bug me that i like a little bit more uh, instant gratification yeah and there's something about like having to learn 
the monsters and it, right. it's things that I've heard people say for years, right? And I finally like got the experience that they've been talking about that was always like out of my reach because of all the systems were just so annoying. And now that they smoothed the edges, it's like, oh, I see like I finally got far enough into it to get that experience that they've been talking about. It's all about like learning the monsters, learning their habits and what they do because they're creatures that are interacting in the world. And now that it's on PS4 instead of being on handheld like it was in the past, the zone isn't split up into all of these like micro zones that you have to load between every time a monster leaves or comes out or like zones in basically. Oh. Um, it's just full and it's expansive and there's no loading between sections and you just walk wherever you need to go. But because of that, you get to watch the monsters wander organically and interact with each other and see like what they're doing in the environment and learn about them but then also like learn their attack patterns learn how to dodge them learn like where not to be because you will absolutely get killed you know that kind of thing and then there's a whole aspect of mastery of the weapon of choice right so i tried a bunch of weapons but i just loved the longsword and i got really good with it by the end of the game and this was one of the games that like I managed to line up a little bit of free time and play with friends a few different times, like really good online friends that I don't get to play with nearly enough. And they were all playing it too. And there were a few nights where it was like, oh, you guys are on. I'm going to jump in. And we played together, even though the multiplayer matchmaking is just garbage in this game. And it didn't matter. Yeah, it really is. Like it didn't matter because I had so much fun just playing through the game and beating it. And like, I didn't even feel like it was repetitive. Like, I know that that's a big complaint. And I know that was one of the things for you. I didn't really replay any of the missions until I got right near the end game. I basically only did each of them once. And that was enough to just kind of like, oh, I could get like one piece of armor or one piece of weaponry. And it wasn't, I never had a full set, which I know some people it's like, oh, I unlocked a new monster. I'm going to kill it like 10 or 15 times until I have a full set of armor and a full set of right. a weapon and I match. I looked like a clown the entire game. <laughs> like, you remember Burning Crusade, the way that you looked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's how I felt I looked most of the time in Monster Hunter World till I got towards the end game, because I would just, like, as soon as I beat a monster, I'd move on to the next one. And that was the way for me to play it and for me to get into it and get over that hurdle, you know, is to not make myself do the grind or do the repetition. It was like, I just need to get slightly better so I can keep moving on and, like, fight the next guy and learn about the next monster and try to defeat it so that core loop definitely grabbed me i'm all in for the next monster hunter game that they release monster hunter world 2 i wouldn't be surprised because it's capcom and they're not super original with titling but whenever that comes out um i'll, I'll be on it for sure and i just want them to keep like refining and iterating and keep smoothing out those edges because there's still a lot of rough edges but i had so much fun with this game I'm so glad because it, like I said, it was one that I bounced off of, but I hear so many people still going back to it right now. Like I'll log on Twitter and I see somebody say, I need to do this on Monster Hunter. And I'm like, my goodness, that was a long time ago, but it's something that's it keeping January. people's attention. Yeah. It was yeah. like right at the beginning of the year and it just, it took over for like a month, a month and a half. It was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, it really did. So then our second is our second because both of us have yeah. number two as the same game um it's spider-man on ps4 spider-man yeah which i feel like based on your history with spider-man and the fact that you bought the ps4 with spider-man in mind you should probably yep. go first here well i actually don't have a whole lot to say about it that That's i haven't okay. already said because i haven't beaten it yet that it's one that i work through little by little it's one of those open world games that i really enjoy but for some reason the combat in it everything is good about this game don't get me wrong like there is very little bad about this game but the combat is so twitchy 
for me that I end up um, being like, okay, I need to not have something this fast paced right now. And so I tend to go toward the JRPGs because they're a little slower paced in combat than that. But the the game is is just about perfect. I mean, from the web slinging, the, the voice acting, to, to exploring, being able to just do really whatever you want to, listening to J. Jonah Jameson do podcasts, it, it's just so well crafted. And then when I saw that like they're leaning in on this uh, Spider-Man thing for the gamer verse as they're calling it where like they introduced this particular Spider-Man and Peter Parker into the Spider-Geddon comics like they made Spider-Geddon number zero about uh, him being recruited into this interdimensional uh, crisis that's going on and they brought this Peter into uh, comics canon and then if you've seen you haven't seen um, Into the Spider-Verse, the movie, yet, right? You Not never yet. Saw I'm it hoping yet. to over a break. Okay, so it's magnificent. Like, it's great, and we're going to go into that, like, real hardcore during the beginning of the year episode. Uh, but this one, like, they even have the suit from this one in... Uh, into the Spider-Verse. Like, they are... This one is not something that they're dropping. They know they did well on this one. And, and I'm so excited to work my way through this one because even when I log on and don't play for more than like 10 minutes at a time I have fun with it and it's just so good it's Spider-Man it's since the first PlayStation I remember those old Spider-Man 1 and 2 games and I remember like Spider-Man and X-Men in Arcade's Revenge or something like that for the Sega Genesis it's like and the old Spider-Man Sega Genesis game even it's like you always want this game and you feel a little like Spider-Man in the and this one is just like nope i'm spider-man and it's perfect like this game is brilliant so you can speak more to the end of it and yeah, everything I mean, that, that goes along with that but i like don't the disagree story. with anything you said like the i think all of that's true it's just that the core of it for me the piece that worked for me was the web slinging like being spider-man right yeah it's rare to find a game that makes you feel like the character that you are playing. It happens sometimes, but I don't think most superhero games ever nail it, and this one just nails it. Like, you feel like Spider-Man. There's nothing like web-swinging out there. Like, it's it's no. a one-of-the-kind uh, travel mechanic, and one of the best things about open-world RPGs or open-world games in general is when they do traversal in an interesting way that it makes it fun just to get from point A to point B. And I know I said this when we did the full episode about Spider-Man, but I only ever fast traveled to get the achievement. So I did it like five yeah. times total. I think there's one for the yep. tutorial and then I did four more times to unlock the achievement. And that was it. I never fast traveled again in this game because I would always rather just take the time to swing from point A to point B because moving around is so fun in itself that like that makes the game for me like it's that good and yeah on top of that like using that to explore was a huge part for me like i loved getting all the backpacks that was probably my favorite side mission in the game not only did they like tie back to interesting story bits and like the comics and things that had happened in the past because this peter's a little bit older but using the web swinging and just like exploring the city to find these things was huge i love that it was a ton of fun it was like the right kind of exploration for me where it's kind of goal oriented like you have to accomplish a thing but you're still getting to explore at the same time that's great and then the other part is the story and so this is probably where i can weigh in a little bit more than you because you haven't beaten it yet but this is one of my top video game stories of the year and i did not expect that from a spider-man game from a superhero game at all you know yeah it's 
the story just it totally worked for me it it was great and it felt like really smart episodes of an ongoing series that was like we caught it in media res right it didn't start here we don't have to deal with the origin story which you know bugs me every time we have to go back and do an origin again i think it bugs Um, everybody at this point i think so i think other people are getting there and people the creators are finally catching on but this picks up like eight years into him being spider-man and a lot of it is assumed knowledge because so many of us know spider-man and that's great but then it tells a few interesting like almost episodes of this story right like it could be an ongoing tv show or a movie series or comics and it fits into that mold and i just want more that's that's all like i want more of the story and the gameplay is good too like the combat serviceable like a lot of the parts are like yeah it's good it's like a third person action you know game but uh you know maybe nothing revolutionary in like the combat area but the web swinging and just the production values and the story that they're telling it all completely worked for me i loved it and it's you're right it's just the story everything about it and i really feel like these characters are just those characters it doesn't feel like oh this version of peter or this version of doc ock it's just like nope there's Otto. you know this is peter this is mary jane and this is what they're going through that it doesn't feel like it's just a video game and these are you know those interpretations of them it just feels like eh, here are these characters we love yeah it's great and then like the relationship aspect too between him and mary jane that's probably one of my favorite story beats of the whole game was that constant tension of like will they won't they where are they in their lives and their careers and how does all of that intersect like when the first dlc came out for this like the black cat dlc and it intersected with that part of the storyline i was so happy like that made me unreasonably happy so um I'm still planning to finish out the last DLC, which I think is coming out here in a couple days as of recording this. So I'll do that over break. But at this point, I'm just super excited for the next game in the series. Whenever it comes out, I'm assuming we're years off from this one, too. But I can still be hyped about it already, right? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if we're probably years off, given that they have such a good engine. I could see them pushing, not pushing out, but actually creating a sequel to it uh, in not so long. That well, they don't we'll have see to... what happens. I'm not holding my breath for that, but I will right. be excited when it gets announced for sure. Here's hoping for E3. Hopefully. Yeah. So what's your number one game of the year? So my number one is, again, we a have, series. We have radically different game number ones of the year. We do. My number one is actually Xenoblade Chronicles 2 that I played through this, and it is just as as brilliant a game and made me feel the same way as I did when I played through Xenogears for the first time that I thought the combat was wonderful I thought the story was great it has giant robots dealing with theology uh it, it it's really really good the characters are funny the uh, the voice acting is is good the side quests don't get in the way uh just I love so much about this game. It has enough collecting in it by collecting the blades that you get as companions and weapons. They're they're just it's just so good and it made me go back and actually play through the first Xenoblade Chronicles on the 3DS that that I got myself a 3DS, a new 3DS for the reason of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and I mean these games as a as a whole are I I'm so sad that Xenosaga isn't on the Switch or something like that because I had no problem sitting and watching in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 the the 30 minute cutscenes because it was on the Switch and if I had to I could just 
pause it. I could put it into sleep mode and go do something else, which I've never really been able to do. You can't do that on a console nearly as easily. And it's it was just beautiful. The The story made you care about the characters. Like, I, I don't know. I know you didn't like this game nearly as much as I did, but in, and you bounced off of it because of the, the long cut scenes. And I just, because you can't really get like cut through them because they're the main part of the game. That's what a Xeno game is, are these long, uh, drawn-out cutscenes that that really showcase this world that they've created. And this game comes as close to that first Xeno Gears experience from the 90s as any, any attempt at it has so far. That there is so much history that they've created for this game and this narrative that they created a standalone DLC uh it, they actually made it as a standalone game that you can purchase physically uh, or with the expansion pass that uh, is a prequel 500 years in the past to, of this one to lead up to it. That it, they refine the battle system that's already fun in my mind. They make it better in the in the second one. And it's just such a good series. And then when I was playing Smash Brothers, they have the main character of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 on the Wii U version. And I was like, awesome, Shulk is here. And I could play with him. And that was where I was like, okay, I got this. I know how, you know, that was where I had that connection that I could play a character I knew about. So I just like, Xenogears is always one of my top RPGs. And so to see that they're finally not these subpar lackluster RPGs and spending hundreds of hours like I think I spent 90 something hours in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 um maybe it was 70 I don't remember now but it was an absurd amount of time playing it every second of it was was fun that I loved doing it like this is one of the best RPGs that I've ever played that's awesome I love I'm so glad that like you loved it as much as you did because I you were hopeful that you would yeah you know and it's like one of those things whenever you get that excited for a game it's sad when you're let down and you weren't this time nope. so as much as like I bounced off of it not because it's a bad game but just because it's not the right type of game for me I'm glad that it was the right type of game for you yep it was it, it, it finally hit that balance in the it's not a turn-based game but it's not an action RPG either that there are cues and and uh different menus that you have to use but at the same time you're controlling your character all the time and it got me because the better system is in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 I was better I was able to go back into Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and appreciate what they had done in it because I'd seen it done better and where it went I was like okay I know the basics of this because I understand how to do it better than this so That's I like so cool. playing them out of order and the stories don't really intersect, even though they intersect that you learn at the end. So good. I'm glad. No, I'm glad that it worked for you and that you loved it so much. Yeah, super good. Good. Um, my number one of the year, this is one that snuck on the list kind of at the last minute, which is weird that it came out of nowhere for me, even though I knew this game was coming. But it's Hitman 2. So yeah, this does not surprise me even a little bit. No. And it's, you know. It's iterative of Hitman 1, but like season one, Hitman season one, never made it onto my game of the year list because it fell into that weird period between years when we like after we record, but before we start the next one. And I think that at this point, after we record this, like anything from this point on is fair game for next year. I think you and I are over that it having to be yep. locked to the calendar year. But at the time we weren't. So this game like wasn't eligible for the year where it should have fit in. And 
I, I have to make up for it because like I loved that game so much. And the thing is, Hitman 2 includes all of season one. So this Which was perfect. still blows my mind that they remastered the Hitman 1 levels and everything with it. Like, do all the challenges come over with it, too? Like, everything from yeah, Hitman like 1? Yeah, everything comes over with it. So, I mean, like, this is my chance to, like, fix that past mistake. Because not only is Hitman 2 an excellent game, but all the Season 1 content is here. Either if you own Season 1, it just comes over for free. If not, you can pick it up for like $15 or $20 and just get a whole extra game worth of content added. Um, so that being said, knowing that it's like both of them together, this is probably one of my all-time favorite games. It's not like I could never actually say like X game is my top one. Like one, I don't do that. But yeah, I know the ones that are near the top. Right. I know the ones that are like, this is probably one of my all time favorite games. This is in that category. There's no question in my mind. You know, um, it's easily in the top 10 if I had to make that list. And it's like it's a video game and it knows it and it leans into that in the best ways and it just embraces it you know there's nothing in here that's even remotely realistic but it's so fun because they don't care they just make it work and it's it's systems it's systems on systems that you have to learn so that you know how to break them (laughs) and breaking them is just like it's a joy it's basically you learn the level and then you replay it and it's so weird because like i'm not one to replay content over and over but there's something about this game that gets me okay with it because you learn the level and you learn all the basics and there's a lot of like um really nice tutorial like if you want to turn it on it'll kind of hold your hand a little bit to walk you through a few different ways to beat the level so you start out with that and then you go okay i know the basics i know how to get from point a to point b and how to get into these different um like costumes and disguises to like kind of get where i need to go or pick up the right things and then you start looking at the other challenges going how would i do that like what do you mean I need to dress up in a mascot outfit and get like <laughs> this weird weapon to kill somebody on the other side of the map? And you have to start really thinking about like, OK, I use everything I know about the system to completely break the way that this is supposed to play out and execute some crazy kill. And that's what's fun about it is like the mastery of the systems. And it takes time, you know, like you can't yes, just walk into it. And be good at it. I was better at season two or at Hitman two than I was at the first one, just because I had the experience. But even then, like there were times where I was just stumbling through, especially my first time on each map. And over the break, I'm really hoping to just like dig in more on a couple of my favorite maps and just like replay it over and over. Because like with season one, Paris was my map. Like I just played that thing to death and I got like all the achievements in it because I loved it so much. So I'm kind of trying to figure out which map I want to do that with, but. I highly anticipate just having time to dig in and just play this game a bunch over the break. Like, that is... I'd had no... This does not surprise me even a little that you loved it and fell in love with it. Unless they had done something completely wrong with this sequel, that this... I I can see you playing this one through all of the events that they do. That when they start... Because they, they kept updating the first one because it was an episodic release. And this one, I think they're still doing regular content updates, aren't they? Where they're going to be giving new levels and new challenges all the time. Yeah, I already beat the first elusive target, which was Sean Bean, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was great. Um, so they're going to do that. There are more elusive targets and there are uh, the escalation missions. I didn't even talk about those. Those are so cool. Do you remember these from season I one? I vaguely. 
vaguely remember those. Explain those again, especially for people who haven't heard about them, because I remember you talking about them a lot, and I cannot quite place exactly what they did. Okay, so it's a series of missions that build on each other, so I'm just going to make this up off the top of my head. But let's say there's a target, and you have to kill her, and you have to do it with a pistol, right? Like, that's okay. that's the first step, is kill this target. Um, and then the second step is, well, kill her with the pistol, but do it in this certain outfit, Okay, well, you do that and you figure out how to do it. And now it's killer with the pistol while wearing this outfit, but you have to be on the other side of the map from where you've been doing this. And then it's killer with the pistol on the other side of the map while wearing this outfit while also doing XYZ or not getting spotted or you have to distract somebody else with a totally different method. Like it just it builds on each other. And it's another way that makes you learn and master the systems step by step. And it's so interesting that 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 idea is great. Like, is there a point at which it stops with the escalation missions? Do they yeah, stop adding them. things to it? Yep. Yeah, you can beat them. So there's an end okay. goal, which is another thing where it's like, you know, I know that I'm goal driven also to some extent. So to know that there's like an end there that I can get to and I can get good enough to like beat that escalation. Like, that's huge for me, too. Yeah, okay. That that makes a lot of sense because if it were kind of a roguelike, just keep going until you get to a point where you can no longer do it, it uh, would could I could see that being really frustrating. No, I mean they're all handcrafted. That's the thing. Like it's okay. not procedural. Like these are there's a set number of them and they've all been thought out like the way that it escalates and they're just so fun. So yeah, I love this game for all the reasons we talked about with Hitman season 1. I still love it for Hitman 2 and I I it has to be number 1 on this list. There's no way it's not. Yeah. Yeah, there's not at all, especially like you said with the way it kind of fell through last year when we were able to talk about it at the time that you played it at the time that that you were were still playing it just everything about it like when they released this it was it was a a foregone conclusion that this was going to be at the top of your list. Oh, it's such a great game. Okay, that's about it for tonight. Uh, probably our longest episode of the year after I add in all of yeah. the parts that need to go in here too. Um, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we have great discussions also on Slack and Discord. So you can go to discord.geek2geekcast.com or slack.geek2geekcast.com to hang out with us. And we are part of a podcast network, so head over to geek to geekcast.com to see all of the shows i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as that professor beach that's beach with two e's and i blog at geekfitness.net we've been void and beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks uh bye Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. 
Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. You can just talk to me in the test. Basically, you just want to talk into the microphone. Hi, Dad. You want your mouth to be not too close because do you see that? Yeah. That blows out the mic, and then that means that I can't use that audio. Like so you want to be, you want to be about this far away, like that. Yep. And then look at me while you talk. Hi, how's it going? Good. <laughs> Are you excited to record? Yeah. Will this be in the podcast? Um, I don't know. Do you want this little bit to be in the podcast? <laughs> no. What if I hide it at the end of the podcast for people to listen to as like an extra <laughs> special end of episode thing? Maybe you could do like uh, like extras while you were recording, but obviously kind of not. So I could do like an extra at the end, maybe? If you want to. Okay.